Trey Wingo was there, and he joins us now. And, uh, again, I'm sorry we didn't cross paths. I wish we could have uh, talked and had you on with us, but I'm glad you were there. Uh, how was the experience? J-Mo, first of all, great to be with you. And, yeah, it was sort of a last-second thing. I flew in about 4 o'clock on Monday and uh, flew out at 7 o'clock the next morning. Probably a little worse for wear. <laughs> but, uh, it, it, was, it was a delight. I mean, you know, you, you go into these things and you wonder, you know, you, you always have high hopes and, and you think that your team is going to win. But, uh, you know, but once they started the way they did, uh, I felt pretty good about it. I think it was an 11-1 run or 23-8 right, right. at some point. Um, and then I, I, there was, I was a little nervous the way they closed the half. I didn't like holding for one shot because then if they missed, and which they did, Gonzaga had time to get down and get it, cut it to 10 after being up by as much as 19 or 20 for most of the first half. So that was a little disconcerting. But they started the second half essentially the same way they started the game. And it was at some point, I think they, got it, they cut it to nine once exactly. in the second half. Right. One time. And I think after that, it was bucket, block, and three mm-hmm. to put them back mm-hmm. up by 14 or 15. And that, that was essentially it. Gonzaga had nothing. They had nothing for us. Pretty amazing, isn't it? I mean, Gonzaga, all the buildup, Gonzaga undefeated on the year, number one yeah. all season long, and and uh, and the way Baylor really took it to him was amazing. Well, look, there's, there's a couple of things there, and, and I agree with you. I think Gonzaga was the best team all year long, but much in the same way the Kansas City Chiefs were the best team all regular season, once we got to the postseason, Tampa Bay found a little yeah. something, and yeah. they were a much better team. and. Uh, you know, if they had played in December when they were supposed to before the COVID, Gonzaga might have beaten them. But uh, the way Baylor was playing going into the tournament and the way they demolished Houston, uh, you know, they were the best team playing at the moment. And I've heard some Gonzaga people say, well, you know, the, the UCLA game took something out of us. Look, I, I'm sorry. That's an excuse. Like, you, you had a day to recover. And if you're a college athlete, you, that should be plenty. It wasn't a triple overtime game. It was a one overtime game against a very scrappy opponent in UCLA. One of the best college games I think I've ever seen. And I was happy to have the title game not be one of the best college games I've ever seen because <laughs> I wanted blowout city, baby, and we got it. Absolutely. You were, uh, you were in some pretty good company there in the Lucas Oil Stadium. <laughs> we, we were. We, we managed right. to meet up with a bunch of people, Chip and Joanna and yeah. RG3 and Chip actually had the line of the night. We we sort of myself and my one of my college roommates, Bryce, and actually a bunch of my college roommates, our friends were there, so that was fun. But we all got together and I and I, I put this out I think on Twitter and Instagram, definitely on Twitter. It's like Chip, you're the king of demolition day. What do you make of what we just saw? And he goes, We just demolished we just uh, we just demoed Gonzaga. We just we took it to him. I mean it was good. It was never in doubt. I mean it was that's that's the fun thing about it. And I will say this, John, and, and and I'm sure you probably feel the same way. Had they been playing anybody else, yeah. I probably would have been pulling for Gonzaga and Mark Few. Because yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to me, the parallels between Mark and Scott are just remarkable. Now, obviously, they got there by different circumstances. You know, Dan Monson took Gonzaga to their first ever Elite Eight, I think, in 97 or 98. And he jumped immediately. He got a Big Ten job at Minnesota. You know, was, he 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 did he did what most coaches do. Right. They 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 make it. They build the program up to a certain level, and then they leave and they go to another place. Well, and that just was a disaster for Dan Monson and Mark Few. I'm sure has had a million offers after the program he's built. He's like, I'm good here. I like it here. The grass is not always greener somewhere else. And I'll tell you, quite frankly, was it 
was it 2010 or 2008 when Scott made it to the first Elite Eight? 2010 in Houston. 2010, yeah. In Houston. Yeah, in 2010. Houston, right, right. I texted, I texted him, after, and they lost to Duke, right? In the yes. final, was that yep. what it was? Yep, beat yeah. St. Mary's and lost to Duke. Yeah. I, I texted Scott, and we, and we had a conversation, and I told him, I said, look, as an alum, I, I can't be any happier than what you've done for the program. But as someone who's been in the business all these years, I know how this works. So you've done, you took something that was dead and buried, in every sense of the word, the Baylor men's basketball team, and you made it something. And I just wanted to say thank you because I'm sure that you're going to get a million offers, and I can't be upset if you decided to leave. And he said this to me then. He said, I'm never leaving. Hmm. I love it here. Wow. We're going to build something here. And it was to me, the, the, the long game was played by both coaches in the title game. And sometimes where you are is better than the thing that always looks shinier and brighter. And that was the thing that really stuck with me through the entire experience for Scott. You said you flew in late on Monday, maybe made a late decision to come. Did it get closer and closer, and you just felt like, I got to be there. I got to be there for this historic uh, yeah. night. Well, well, what had happened was once they got to the Final Four, a bunch of my friends, are you going, are you going? I, had to, I couldn't go Saturday got because it. I had to tape Mac Jones, uh, the, the Alabama quarterback for the podcast, Half Forgotten History, and he was great. But I said, look, guys, I can't go Saturday. But if they win, I'm going. So that was never in doubt. So, uh, you know, we, we just uh, – I was trying to figure out the best – like, I'll tell you, i got to give the airlines credit. Like, it's been a rough couple of years for the, or a <laughs> right. year and a half for the airlines. Like, I was looking at flights – you'll appreciate this – Friday You're right. before, before the Final Four was locked in, and the flights were, you know, whatever, a couple hundred bucks, sure. 500 bucks, whatever. Yeah. And then after Baylor won, I was like, okay, now i got to look at them. They went up by like twelve hundred dollars. Oh, I heard that like, story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, suddenly the flight. I was like, wait a minute, how much is this? So thank God for airline miles. Let uh-huh. me just leave it at that. There you go. But I mean, it, I mean, I, I appreciate the hustle uh, for them knowing, hey, we've got something now, and we're going to get some of the money back from the bad year we had in twenty twenty. <laughs> They're going to make it all back in one weekend on flights to Indianapolis, right? Trey, Correct, exactly. Trey Wingo is our guest, proud Baylor alum. Trey, how about the performance of the Baylor Bigs? I know leading into that game, all the talk was surrounding what Drew Timmy was going to do and the success yeah. that Gonzaga has had. But, man, the Baylor Bigs shut him down. They did. And that was the one you – know, we're talking all, all of my buddies. That was the one concern. Could we, could we stop a dominant big man? And, you know, he, he had his signature mustache move at one point. And, I, you know, I was like, dude, you're down 16. Really not the time to do that. I mean, I sort of respect what you're doing. But, listen, at the end of the day – Baylor was better, more athletic, deeper, and smarter. And that's how it, that's how it rolls. And, and they, they did almost everything right. And the best thing about it is I don't think they forced much. You know what? Mm-hmm. It never felt in watching that game like there were maybe one or two questionable shots, but most of the part was rotation, movement, and what they've done all year, share the basketball so well. I mean, that, that's the thing that was really fun about this team to me is how many assisted buckets we had throughout the entire run of not only the tournament, but the entire season, Baylor played team basketball to perfection in my mind. And, and that was on display from the jump in the title game. What do you think? What do you think the the stock? How much stock rose with Davion Mitchell and Jared Butler throughout the tournament, but also the season as well with, I mean, what they were able yeah. to do against the guys like Kate Cunningham and then obviously Jalen Suggs in that title game. It was huge for them, you know. And I, I actually, I, uh, I had a you know a little interview with with Butler when he decided to come back, 
last year. And I talked to a bunch of people that I knew in the NBA and said, what are you hearing? And they said, potentially late first round for Butler and, you know, more likely second round. And, you know, who knows, because it's a guard rich draft when he decided to come back. Their stock rose exponentially because they played at a very high level in a very deep conference under very difficult times. And when push came to shove, those two games in Indianapolis, the semis and the championship, they were on fire. I mean, I don't know what else you can do as a player to elevate your stock than play at your absolute best, destroying everybody else when everything is on the line. Trey, you mentioned your uh, your new venture, Half Forgotten History Podcast. To be honest, I've just discovered that, but I've subscribed to it, and I'm going to listen to every one of those. That's uh, that's a great idea. It is. It's a lot of fun. And it, J-Mo, it came about because there were so many stories that I heard from players, coaches, and, uh, and, and just so many people over the years, whether we're sitting around watching a game or in the green room or out to dinner at a Super Bowl or – you know, a final four somewhere. And the stories that came out of that were just somehow never made it onto, you know, a scripted TV show and what we want to do. And I'm like, people need to hear these stories. And if you don't mind me, just a, a couple of examples. No uh, Tim Hasselbeck told me this great story about Eli Manning's rookie year. And uh, they, they were playing, I can't believe who, who was, but their starting left tackle named Luke Pettigo. He broke his leg. So Bob Whitfield was the backup tackle. He had to come in. And he played terrible. Eli was sacked like six times, fumbled. They, they got destroyed. Well, that next week, they had a team meeting, and Bob Whitfield, to his undying credit, stood up and said, man, that loss is on me. Luke never gets hurt. I didn't think I was going to play. I was out all night doing things I shouldn't have done, partying all night with people I shouldn't have been with. So I'm sorry, man. <laughs> and Eli turns to Tim Hasselbeck. And this is when people still had questions about Eli, his rookie year. And he looks at him in deadpan and says, yeah, and I'm the bust. (laughs) Those those kind of stories are the things we're talking about. And someday, I'm sure I'll sit down with Scott and talk about the decisions he made. And and just, you know, again, I don't want to harp on it too much because of where we are now. But that job was, John, you know, the job was radioactive when he took it. No one wanted it. And no one believed it, except he did, and he stayed. And just that, that still resonates with me. There was a guy who's like, I'm good here, I'm happy here, I'm going to make it work. And not only did he take us somewhere we hadn't been in 71 years, he took us to a place we've never been before. That's pretty amazing. It is amazing when you look. And you know the story with John Lee Hancock, right? You know that uh, yeah. reference from Coach Drew? He, Correct. He, okay, so you know that. So Coach Drew, when he gets his mindset on something, he's going to get it done. So he's pushing John Lee Hancock to make a movie about this year's team and about really uh, the revival of Baylor basketball. So I'm uh, I'm betting on Coach Drew. When he wants something done, he's going to get it done. Yeah, and and this will just exponent. And the other thing is, you know, I, I I've heard the whispers after 2010 when they made it to their first Elite Eight. You know, and then they got bounced by Yale a few years ago, and people were like, oh, well, maybe. It's- Guys, have a little patience. Hmm. Sometimes it's okay. You know who doesn't win every year? Duke. You know who doesn't win every year? Kansas. Mm-hmm. You know who doesn't win every year? All these other major programs. You just think they win every year. They go years sometimes without making it to a Final Four, unless you're Gino Oriam and the UConn. That was a bleep no call at the end of that game, but I'll let that go for the moment. <laughs> right. I'll let that go for the moment. Yeah. But just be, be realistic about what he's accomplished and look where he's led us 
and you better just make sure you hold on to that dude as long as you possibly can. Oh, I, I would have given him a lifetime contract 20 years ago. Well, he wasn't here 20 Correct. years ago, but 15 years ago I, for I, sure. Yeah, You're 100% right. Yeah, yeah. Hey, great to visit with you. Uh, again, I'm sorry we didn't uh, connect in Indianapolis, uh, but great to have you on today and stay in touch. And why don't you come our way sometime? Why don't you come down to Waco? I think that's uh, probably going to happen in the fall, so we will oh, absolutely look forward to that. Fantastic. And uh, we'll see what happens. It was great seeing Coach Aranda at the yep, game and yep, everything yep, else, so yep. we're, we're excited. Uh, right. J-Mo, always good. Sorry we didn't cross, but uh, I, you were a little busy. Yeah, I understand. And you were hobnobbing with uh, the first-teamers up there, too. So Yeah, hey, you do what you can. I hear you. Hey, thanks very much. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. You got it, J-Mo. Right. Be well. Thanks very much. Trey Wingo, great to visit with him.